ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Killer Collab Podcast. Once again, my name is Tone Deaf of Florida. As always, I'm joined with Chris Leto from Reaper Films. How y'all doing? How you doing, buddy? You doing okay? So good morning. Doing good. Good morning. And ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce a very, very special person, special in my heart, Felissa Rose. Thank you so oh. much. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. You're so sweet. Thank you. I appreciate it. Oh, we try to be sweet in here. Try, you know, try to get people to come back. You know, you know it's the thing. You know. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, but, but it is a definitely uh, absolute pleasure to have you on the show today. Um, we, I've been watching you since you were a kid. You, I may not look how old I am, but I am pretty old. So. Oh, you're a kid. You <laughs> I'm the no, old one. That. Yeah, Chris behind me is the ancient one. Um, we call him that. No, we don't. Um, but as, um, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't, don't recognize her, um, a lot of you have probably been introduced to her as, uh, Angela Baker and the original Sleepaway Camp. Um, I don't want to talk that to death, but it's one of my favorites as always, but, um, she does have a very long and, uh, very successful film career as well. So she has a lot of things to work on, um, this year because she's 2021. It looks like you have like seven or eight releases coming out this year. Is, is, Ooh, did I see? Did I see that correctly? Independent horror movies. Yeah, there yeah. you go. That's uh, you know that's very hold dear in our hearts. Our uh, horror movies, our independent movies, yeah. right, Chris? Yeah, for sure. So you're in um, Sorority of the Damned, <gasps> which is a I'm local filmmaker so here. Uh, actually, Joe Joe Davison is going to be on the show next week, and um, you know, friends with Joe, and he's a really good guy. Uh, Can I just it? say one thing yeah, about sure. Jeff? <laughs> I love that man. Like, you know, in this amazing industry um, and the convention life where I get to meet so many um, beautiful people, uh, friends from the industry and friends who come to hang out right. at the convention. Joe Davidson is one of those people that the moment I met him, we were like instant uh, like best part. I right. just love how him. He is. <laughs> is he not the most electric, exciting, phenomenally talented, just a beautiful person? I feel so grateful to have that man in my life. I I love him. I just had to get that out. Yeah, he's a good love dude. Love Joe. Very good guy. Um, and wait till you see that movie. Yeah, the movie <laughs> looks is fun. Incredible. I'm, I'm, I can't wait for the trailer to come out and uh, and see what's going on with it. It was a it was a good experience working on that. It was one of my, and he knows this, and Roy Kinram, who's the co-director and effects um, aficionado, who I've been friends with and love for so long. He brought me into the project. I get to play Angela the Witch. Mm -hmm. And um, the movie, the story, the cast, the crew, Michael Sue, the DP, everyone created something so marvelous and fascinating. And I think it's hilarious and it keeps you, it moves. It's one of those movies that I am so proud of, and I had the best time on set, so I'm really thrilled for audiences to see it, because it's one of those movies that will definitely take everyone by storm. All it's right. great. That's awesome. Do you, do you know when it's supposed to come out? That I don't know. <laughs> wow. uh, but hopefully, a... hopefully soon, they're working right. on it now. We yeah. just finished it you know, uh, in a few months ago. Right, so. right. That's awesome. Yeah, our, our the movies that we do, or Chris does, you know, it takes like what six months total. Like, yeah, I make I make <laughs> movies with um, you know Sean Donahue's running uh, temporary I screens. I love Sean. So me and him have been making movies since 2010, and um, 
we just uh, actually we just released uh, our last movie, Zed's Dead, which is kind of a Pulp Fiction uh, spinoff of the pawn shop owners in, pom- in Pulp Fiction, like about their lives. And uh, we also did a movie before that called Naked Cannibal Campers, and we're doing a sequel to that one in December. So we got a lot of stuff going on. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's uh, exciting, you know, creating and making movies. And, um, you know, we made Naked Cannibal Campers through the pandemic. And we started, um, basically, yeah. we were talking on the phone. And he was like, I got an idea for a movie. And from the time we hung up to phone, 90 days later, we had a Blu-ray in our hand. So it's yeah, three months we, wow. made, we completed the whole movie yeah. and had it edited and released and everything. So that's amazing. That's, that's how we do it. I think because I think because there was no, nothing else going on. Yeah, there was literally nothing. <laughs> you else couldn't going go on. anywhere. We so were we went full force on it. Yeah, we but, went to um, a campground and we just shot it in what five days. Yeah, we shot it <laughs> five days. It took me about a month to edit, a month to write the script, like. It's yeah. crazy. What? Quick turnaround. You know, that's passion, though. Yeah. Right. That's what I love about independent horror movies. You know, it's all about the creative drive, the energy. People for are sure. so excited by, you know, the their love for the genre. And that's why we have conventions for horror movies. We yeah. don't have conventions right, right. for rom-coms exactly. or for dramas, you know. Right. That's what it's I explain to people. It's like a, like a cult, you know, like the horror community is a cult and – everybody's super cool and like i've never gone to a convention and met you know a celebrity that was not nice like you know you hear horror stories about some people here and there but everybody in the horror community is so awesome and so supportive Uh. of each other and um we all collect you know action figures and movies and like we just oh my god i can show you my room right now yeah yeah, that's how i am so it's a it's such a it's so great to be a part of that and um, to have that just to hang on to, you know. Um, but uh, so I know you probably get talked about to death, but um, Sleepaway Camp was your big movie when you were a child. Um, and uh, it became a cult classic, obviously. Um, so I, I actually I just watched it again Friday because we were having you on. I was like, yeah, let me revisit it. I'm it's, sorry. Um, <laughs> no, no. It's uh, – <laughs> It's a it's a great movie as far as you know a cult movie goes. Um, it's but a comedy. I one, think today it's a comedy. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. absolutely yeah. is. And uh, one of the things that I noticed, um, it was very like I don't think you can make a movie like that today. Um, I mean, yeah. you were what 13, yeah. 14? When yeah, you made I was that? thirteen. Thirteen years old, and there was a lot of like sexual stuff going on, and like like the mon- like it, it was very like touchy feeling yeah like, did you did you feel like uncomfortable making that movie being that young no, no because you know first of all it was 1982 when right. we filmed yeah like, so we were in a different climate different in the time. world in the way we viewed things um certainly filmmaking was completely different and shot on 35 millimeter that alone was yeah you know uh it was amazing right. um, <laughs> we all looked great <laughs> but i think um you know, when we refer to parts of Sleep Camp that were so kind of like, whoa, politically incorrect, or yeah. the chef who's talking about young girls, right? you yeah. know, is like mind-blowing. Yeah. But at the time, it really didn't seem that crazy. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure it was. I wasn't privy to it because I was young. 
this my little world at 13 yeah. going oh i'm going to camp i have a crush on jonathan tears for me please my cousin and all the girls were really like my best friends and it right. felt like i was going to camp so i mm. wasn't really thinking about um wow today i spoiler yeah. alert I, you know i'm stabbing this one and i'm <laughs> shoving the curling iron up this one it just felt like a Fun, even though it sounds crazy, it was right. like meatballs. Yeah, yeah, you right, know? Sure. Oh, yeah. We oh, all yeah. talked like this. The boys had short shorts, a lot of homoerotic undertones. Yeah, right. But I think the reason it has sustained its, let's say, um, kind of its uh, its place in horror is because there's a lot going on with Sleepboy Camp mm -hmm. that meets the eye. Yes. I think when you first see it, it's like camp, killing. Um, and a big baseball scene in the middle. Right. But then upon a no big baseball scene, what's that? <laughs> a big baseball scene. That one just dragged. Uh, I think we broke the beginning, the end. <laughs> we watched nine the innings. Yeah. Well, because I, I, th I think I was watching the BTS and it said um, that he just needed more, more, more runtime. I think that's what literally what it. What and the we thing. all do that stuff. Yeah. You know, yeah hey, I think that's throw what it was. in a five-minute shower scene. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we need more time. In, uh, kids <laughs> just walking and eating cane bars and throwing water balloons. But yeah. um, I think at the end of the day, there's a lot more going on. And it's funny because I last night I had dinner with the executive producer of the new documentary called Angela. And we're breaking down the whole film. And we were talking about how now that we're out of the you know COVID and we can travel and sit with Robert Hiltzik, the writer-director, we will deconstruct the entire movie in that we want to know, was he intentionally, you know, creating this story about Aunt Martha and um, all that went on with Angela yeah. intentionally? Or did he just fall apart? I don't know. I yeah. really personally, I don't even know. So I can't wait to find out mm. because I think there's going back to there's a lot more than meets the eye. When you watch it over and over again, you do see there's a lot that sort of. Uh, make sense in telling the story that sure. leads to the very end. Yeah, yeah I'd yeah. like to know the prequel with Aunt Martha. Yeah. May she rest in peace. Yeah, Desiree she just passed Gold. away not too long ago, right? Yeah. Yeah, she recently, and that's heartbreaking um, to lose a member of. We're a big family, family sweet boy. Sure. Of course. But I'd like to know her story. I'd love to yeah. see a prequel today. Yeah, oh, that'd be cool. That would be interesting. So produce it. I'll direct it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. We can write it and direct it in Florida and make it happen. Sounds awesome. Oh yeah, I'm always up for anything. So, um, but um, so there were, you did you weren't like uncomfortable like with the kissing scenes and you know there was a scene where the the kid was laying on top of you and unbuttoning your shirt like all that stuff. I was just kind of like, wow, like it was very right. risque and uh, obviously it was a different time. Uh, when it was made. I was nervous about the kissing scene and it's only because, you know, again, I was 13. I have right. kids who are 12, 14 and 16 and the thought of them making a movie today where they yeah, have exactly. to passionately make out with a, with a boy on the beach. And I was a new 13 year old. I had just turned 13. Oh, wow. So I had probably kissed maybe one boy, you know, right. and just like this, like a heck. Yeah. So I remember walking around the set asking people, how do I kiss? Do I use my tongue? Do I <laughs> fake it? You know, acting like what should I do? And then I spoke to Chris Collette, who's the nicest, you know, who's just the sweetest person. He played Paul, my boyfriend. He said, "Yeah, you know, we'll just wing it," and uh, we just kind of did it. And yeah, it's 
when I watch it, I kind of go, I can't believe that. But awesome. it, that was the time in yeah. 1982. For sure. So oh, funny. 1982, a simpler time. A simpler time. So you've made a, you've been in a lot of movies over the years. Um, what would you say is one of your favorite movies, like being on set and like the whole process? Victor Crowley, oh, Patchy Four. Nice. Is um, definitely comes to mind because uh, I have always been a huge Adam Green fan, mm-hmm. and I I feel like I manifested that because I watched him through the years. I loved Hatchet when it came out, and I could not like um, I couldn't even. I I was so shocked when I met him. I, I was freaking out. It was at a convention. You know, I just kind of fangirled all over him. I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm meeting you. This is, like, the most exciting thing ever. And then he emailed me, and he invited me on his show, Scary Sleepover. And I legit, like, ran around my husband. Oh, give me on Scary Sleepover. Oh, my gosh. My kids were like, what's going on? I'm like, I love Adam Green. I can't believe I couldn't believe it. And then when he and I met, I imitated my manager, um, from New York who got me to sleep with him. And she talked like this, you know, she was like a real New York manager. What are you talking about, eh? (laughs) What are you talking about, eh? (laughs) What are you talking about? (laughs) And he created my character in Victor Crowley as that that. manager agent to Perry Shen's character. And um, the wheels were turning when we were doing Scary Sleepover, so... Right. Thank goodness that cool. all happened, and it was the most wonderful time on set. I love the movie because I'm obsessed with the Hatchet series. Right. Yeah, um, and I loved the cast. You know, Tiffany Shepis and Dave Sheridan and Perry Shen and Hugh from Impractical Jokers, Crystal, mm-hmm. yeah. Joy Brown, Laura Ortiz. The whole cast was amazing. That's awesome. So on, on Reddit, there's actually a group that says uh, Victor Crowley should be actually one of the top killers like a Jason or a Michael Myers or the, the, like a, in Reddit, there's a bunch of like chat yeah, rooms. They don't, you don't really yeah, hear you, much about no, Victor Crowley. No, and, and people are trying to get him in a video game. Icon. They're trying to get him in uh, Dead by Daylight, the video game. They're trying to get him a video game. Like, like there's a lot of calls for And I don't know why it's just not getting more mainstream. Yeah, like I, I don't know. What, what, what are your thoughts on why Victor Crowley didn't make it to the mainstream? Um, well, certainly Kane Hodder, who portrays Victor yeah. Crowley, is one of our greatest. Yes. Um, I, he's, he's fan. one of my dear friends. Um, I think his portrayal of Jason in the in the films that he does yeah. in the Friday the Thirteenth franchise, as well as his portrayal of Victor Crowley, is so fantastic. I think. Uh, Victor Crowley is one of the characters who is just about there, but I think it's so new, like Arthur Clown from Terrifier. Yeah, I was going to yeah. bring up Arthur Clown is probably one of the newer, yeah, most contemporary characters. Like he's, he, oh yeah, he makes me laugh. <laughs> See, I, I, I can't I do clowns. Just like his like expressions, and I, I can't know, do clowns at all. He's so funny. I, can't? I, I cannot. I, like the only clowns I really was able to watch is uh, the clowns from outer space. That's the only movie I can deal with because they were just so humorous. Like I just laughed the entire movie. But Terrifier, yeah. oh, I can't do it. I can't do the clown. Can't do the clown. I don't know. Wow. I don't know. If I ever have kids, you know, no clowns whatsoever. I don't. I just can't do it. I, clowns. So you're gonna be on <laughs> Terrifier too. Yes, yeah. I oh. am. I a, another story where I fangirled over Damien Leone who 
wrote and directed the first one. I freaked when I met he and um, David Howard Thornton, who portrays Art the Clown. Mm -hmm. The moment I met them at New Jersey HorrorCon, I was like, the, the <laughs> little New York girl came out, oh my God, you don't understand, I love you, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, who is this, you know? But I'm a huge fan of horror movies, so when I do meet people, I do tend to get like mesmerized and you know flabbergasted. I just freak right. out. So when I met them, I was like, "If you ever do a part two, I'm your girl." That's cool <laughs> and, that you do that. Uh, like, yeah, yeah. All right. Oh yeah. So, you're not just an actor; you're a fan. So it's, absolutely it's really cool that, that I I like eat, that. sleep, and breathe it. You know, it, it's yeah. like it is a world that, like we were saying earlier about conventions, it's a world that's so inclusive. Yeah. Caring, it's a community of truly people who take care of one another. It, it right. far exceeds just the making of horror movies or, you know, iconic killers. Right. It's really a culture yes. and a life. It is, I exactly. sometimes wonder, like, what, where would I be? What, like, when I take a step back, because I'm at conventions every single weekend, mm -hmm. um, I don't know what my life would be if I didn't have this this close-knit family it's like a family reunion every weekend yeah some of my best friends i met at conventions you know um the people in my life that i see all the time the actors the directors the the friends that come and visit it's all because of this entire universe right. and it's not the macabre it's not dark it's not creepy and crazy what's on screen might be which is amazing because we're exercising certain things mm -hmm. that's exciting when we watch them yeah but not in the life. The life is the polar opposite. It's the antithesis of that. It's a very caring, beautiful community. Absolutely, right. absolutely. absolutely. You know, it's it's a, when they finally meet someone, it's it's so exciting. It's like long lost friends because people like love the genre so much that it's just like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. And it's it's a lot different than like, comic cons and like comic books. It's yeah. it's, it's just a different. It's, I think it's more relaxed. I, I think because it's, it's like real people. Like in comics, it's like like when you go when you see people from Marvel, it's like ridiculous. It's and it's just, but it's more intimate when you with these horror conventions. Yeah, definitely. The, you know, Sean's, Sean's convention, Tampa Bay screams. Um, Tampa Bay screams, July seventeenth. Uh, July seventeenth. You're on it. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, but it's a it's a really. I mean, it's it's small, but it's. So awesome. Like he really brings in some really awesome guests. And what's cool about it is you could like the guests, they'll just sit there and talk to you for a half hour, you know, and, oh, um, yeah. and they don't care. They don't mind. Um, Sean was telling me he picked up, um, uh, the grandfather from Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original, one, the guy that played the grandfather. The of course. Man. Yeah. Don so, Chugan. Yeah. Don Chugan. Mm -hmm. So he picked him up and, um, from the airport and, Don walks up to him and gives him a big hug. Like Sean's never <laughs> met the man before in his life. Gives him this huge hug during COVID. And Sean's like, okay, mm -hmm. I guess we don't care about COVID, whatever. <laughs> and um, so they t he takes him to the hotel. And it's like 2 o'clock in the morning. And John's like, oh, you got to come up and have a beer with me. Come on and have a beer with me. So he goes upstairs with them. And they just talked and drank. And the guy was just an amazing person, you know, to be around. He's one of my dear friends. Um, because like I said, we're like the modern day circus and we travel together. Right. So we're all really, really, really close. We're a tight knit family. And, um, like I haven't seen John in, you know, a year, let's say, or mm -hmm. what have you. But the minute I see him at another con, 
we we pick up right where we left right, off, right. hug, mm-hmm. kiss, you know, drink, heart. <laughs> we're all like just just a happy group. Yeah, you know, it's very joyful. And, and people don't think that like they like when people like outside of the genre like like see horror cons or like a table based screen, they don't know how to react. Like outsiders, we try to invite them in, but we try to bring them in, but no. Uh, it, it's it's difficult to bring in new people, but the people that we have is like it is exactly family. It's like it's very. Well, I think you'd have to really love these movies yeah. and appreciate no, the art, the craft, you know, right. that goes into yeah. making. So uh, it's so hard. I I mean I live in in LA, but I live in a little small suburban area. So you know my neighbors are like, "You make what? You make horror movies?" <laughs> You know what? And so, and they don't really understand. And I don't try unless you're really passionate about it. It's hard to kind of, of course, you know, like you yeah. said, bring someone in. I try, and they're certainly like, "Wow, I'd be interested," but you know, yeah. it's not something you can just push on. Someone. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like <laughs> yeah. the people that aren't in it. Like a lot of people get turned off by it. Um, you know, I know when I'm trying to find a location for a movie, I'll you know, talk to the people and they ask me what kind of movie it is. I always say it's a thriller <laughs> and I'll never say it's horror because sometimes it turns them off and you're not going to get the location. So That's I always say so it's a thriller. You you know, and yeah. I, I, actually, my I last, just produced, I just put during COVID, I was producing a movie called time's up uh, in Maine. So I'm producing from Los Angeles with my producing partners, Damien Maffei and Ryan James. And, um, I, I'm calling like, okay, we need it. We needed so many locations, gymnasium, um, see a movie theater, like a lot of a lot of different locations. So I sent someone to scout, and they were telling the head of this um, this gym, "Yeah, it's this crazy murder slasher," and I'm oh, like, "Wow, no. <laughs> you can't go in saying that." Because then they also imagine blood right. everywhere. Blood everywhere and everything. Oh, yeah. So it's funny. I was looking. I have a, a movie I'm trying to put together called The Cheerleader Sleepover Slaughter. And I'm trying to find a locker room. And it was the hardest location I've ever tried to find. And I went I went to this place trying to get it. And the guy asked me, you know, what's the what's what kind of movie is or what's it about? And I said, oh, it's called Cheerleader Dreams. And it's about a girl that uh, gets bullied by the other cheerleaders. But then she perseveres in the end. Which wasn't a lie, but I didn't. I didn't go into but delivery. Like, she actually kills everybody. She perseveres by cutting everybody's head off. So, um, but, uh, that's how you persevere. That's you get ahead of above, above the competition. Right. Ahead above the competition. So, oh my god, that's a good tagline. <laughs> ahead of the competition. So sometimes you gotta stretch the truth a little bit to get what you need to get. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah. It's it's true because people just they you know if they're it. not again if they're not a fan of this yeah. these types of films, they're a little bit taken aback. Like why? But yeah. um I, I we're all very passionate about it here in my family. Yeah. That's how I met my husband. My husband um was a huge sleepaway camp fan and he wow. had a band and he put my face on his guitar and then <laughs> oh, wow. that's dedication. Very dedicated. Well, well, before he, he met Jackass, you? and he um, put my Angela face on his T-shirt on the first episode of Jackass. And <laughs> he's in a band called CKY, and he was like playing. He did all that before he met you. Before he met. Wow! Me. Wow! So that was fake. So, so how did he finally stalk you? I mean, 
run into you. <laughs> yeah, correct. <laughs> we call him the lazy stalker because he wasn't quite like aggressive, like you know. Right. Um, he had his manager just kind of like go to a website, a sleep boy camp website, and the manager uh, said, you know, Darren Miller is really in love with sleep boy camp, and he'd love to meet Felissa. And for years, I was kind of like, oh, that's cool, okay. And then. Um, we were we were filming Return to Sleepaway Camp in 2003. Yeah. So we're going on, you know, quite a. It's like how many years? Like 18 years. Yeah, um, and he came to set. I invited him to set. I was like, oh yeah. yeah. And then the, you know, as soon as we met, we were like, oh, let's get married. Oh, that's awesome. So three that's kids awesome. later. Yeah. 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 I, I can't you... even have a relationship for six months, let alone 18 <laughs> years. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I I, I could not imagine. It's the movies that keep us together. That's funny. Oh, how, yeah. do you, how do you feel about the Sleepaway sequels? Oh, I love them. Love I love. Yeah. I love. I'm I'm crazy about Pamela Springsteen. I'm a huge yeah. fan. I would do anything to meet her. Um, that would be so incredible. Uh, I think they were perfect, especially late '80s. We got more into like you know dark comedy. Yeah. Like, so certainly they they're perfect for the. Um, the time of, of, of that kind of humor. In, what, what was your favorite kill? What was your favorite kill? Oh, the, the bathroom, <laughs> the shit, you know, the out, the, the, you know, outhouse. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that with was with the fun. leeches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like the bee. So I like the bee scene. I like the bee scene. The bees. Right. Oh, the bees. A lot of oh yeah. Yeah. We were talking about it last night. The shit sisters. There's a lot of boobs. Yeah, that's what we were talking about today. I was like, there's no nudity in Sleepaway Camp other than the guy's butts. Yeah, the guy's butts. There's one little. There's one little. Oh, yeah. Well, obviously the end. One little. uh, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I don't know if you know this, but it gave me a whole career because I'm on Joe Bob's uh, show called The Last Drive-In on Shudder. Right. I'm their mangled dick expert. Nice. I did not know that. That's, that's so funny. That's, oh, yeah. That's inc- oh, I see it. I love I see, You're actually like credited as the mangled dick expert on IMDb. I'm, I'm a recurring character on the show. I'm the mangled dick do you expert. Think that movie, do you think that movie would have been would have had the following as it does if it didn't have that end scene? No. I don't think so either. Yeah. No, it's pretty I crazy. It would have. It, it reminds me so much of The Burning. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Fact, I've watched The Burning, or rather, let's say I've seen it a million times, but I've walked in on like my husband watching it, yeah. and I thought, wait, is this Sleepaway Camp? Some of the that's funny. Well, most women, can... most women walk in on their husband watching porn. You watch it. You walk in on him watching The Burning. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? Like oh, you're watching. Why are you watching with me, you, you motherfucker? <laughs> <laughs> I had to get my cursing in. Um, there you so go. I, we have a quarter. Sleepaway <laughs> Camp. It's not. So, it's like it's definitely a fun eighty slasher movie, but. Because the ending is so it's shocking, so bizarre yeah. and like, it's, yeah, it's one of the weirdest endings ever. Oh, yeah. oh, absolutely. Uh, one of my one of the funniest things I've seen. Uh-oh. Oh, uh, I'm here. I'm here. Oh, okay. Oh. One of the funniest things I've seen was I, was I saw scared. a light switch. I saw a light switch, and it was Angela Baker, yes. and the the switch was the penis, and I thought that was like the funniest. <laughs> oh, cut now. I know. I I always say you can turn me, you can turn me on and off. You know? <laughs> well, there you go. What a flick of a switch. switch. 
flick of a switch. <laughs> have you uh, have you ever had any aspirations of, of directing a movie? That's so interesting you say that because um, I'm producing the film right now with the same team that I love, Damien Maffei, who was in um, The Stranger's Pride Night and The mm -hmm. New Wrong Turn, and he's mm -hmm. the devil in Haunt. Yeah. Uh, he's one of my producing partners along with our other buddy, Ryan James. And we're, we're producing a film called um, The Events Surrounding a Peeping Tom, which is very much like Glansky's The Tenant. Nice. It's yeah. like low burn thriller. It's, the script is so incredibly fascinating and with a, the lead character played by Damien. And it's directed by Hannah Thierman. Mm. And we really wanted a female director. So obviously in talking about it, they were like, do you ever? No. I feel no. like I would just, I don't know. I'm not there yet. I, I should never say no about anything because I would never think I would produce. And yeah. I love producing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, acting and producing are my two favorite things in the world. Um, but definitely directing is a whole other animal. Right. And I, I can't wait to watch what Hannah Fairman, she's from VHS, what she brings to the table. Mm -hmm. um, it will be so lovely to work with a female director. And yeah. You know, her vision with this kind of material of keeping Tom. Um, I am acting in the film. Uh, I love my character. So we'll see, you know, what life brings. I'm doing a comic book. Um, so that's, that will be launched awesome. probably late fall. What's the comic I'm about? Um, it's kind of camp. And <laughs> I, I might be running a camp. Oh, and okay. there's all kinds of fun characters, maybe monsters. That's and cool. Um, I'll tell you, we I are. Love I tell you, our Naked Cannibal Campers movie got turned into a comic book. Actually, it just went to the printer. Uh, we should have it in a couple weeks, and it's just the coolest. Like, it's just the coolest thing. Like having your movie as a comic book, and it's just the neatest thing. Okay. And my son, my son's in the movie, and so he's in the com and he's a comic book freak, and like he works in a comic book store also. So he, uh, being in the comic book him being in the car is just like so neat. Um, but it's such a neat thing. Um, and it just happened by dumb luck. Like I, I was, I had my other son, we were at a comic book store and this guy walked in and he had a comic book. He was trying to see if the store would carry it. So I asked him, I said, Hey, do you make comic books? He's like, yeah, yeah. I'm a comic artist. And you know, I, this is my comic book. And I was like, man, I got all these movies. I would love to make one into a comic book. So we started talking and now it's coming out. Like it's just the coolest thing to, so congratulations on that. It's, it's so neat. Thank you. It's called Lake of Thorns, and I love the team around it. Um, I just feel like you never know, like with what you're saying, what, how things sort of um, metamorphosize into from one, one thing, part yeah, of the entertainment creative process into another. Yeah. And that's how I like. That's why I was telling you I have a podcast with Kane mm -hmm. Hodder and Tiffany Sheppard called Casualty Friday. And um, we just shoot the shit. Oh, yeah. From the perspective of three actors, we take our masks off, so to speak, mm -hmm. and we just lay it all out there. And we learn things about each other being three really dear friends in the genre to, you know, what our daily lives are like, um, how we feel about auditions, how we feel about people, conventions, yeah, right. horror movies. So do you still have to audition like, I feel like people just call you and say, hey, we want you to be in our movie. And you say, okay. Like, do you, do you actually I'm have to go too, through an audition process? Um, you know, I'm too, I think at this point, 
fortunately, I'm, I've been so lucky and grateful to work with amazing directors and it's just happened naturally. So, um, I have recently, uh, you know, been asked, Oh, can you send in a video? I just did a lifetime movie and I did a self tape audition. Uh Um, I think sometimes it's more with network or with more mainstream stuff. Like the horror Um, stuff. You obviously don't have to audition, right? I, I, I'm happy to, if people, you know, would like to see, I love all areas of this. So did Joe Davison ask you for a tape? What's that? Did Joe Davison for Sorority of the Dam just, did he ask you for a tape or did you just, he did not, because I'm super close with Roy. I've been working, you know, I've known Roy. I did a movie called Garlic and Gunpowder where Roy Mm -hmm. created, um, I, I played a 500 pound mob boss. So, um, that entailed a lot of character work. Yeah. Right. I think you saw my process. I love acting. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm always learning. I've been fortunate to work with some great people who I just look up to like those, uh, Phil Mosley or, you know, Vernon Wells, Sean Wellen, um, mm-hmm. Danielle Harris. So it's, it's been a, I've been fortunate where I've been surrounded by so many great people that I, I've learned some, oh, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Some wonderful parts of the craft, yeah. So, so how do you find these projects, uh, you know, for producing or acting? Do people just, like, ring you or your manager or just, re- like, uh, whenever they have a project with you in mind? Or do you, do you find specifically some of these projects? You know, it's all different. It's, like, um, a lot of it has to do with networking. Like, um, I'm friends with uh, a bunch of directors like Harrison Smith who directed me in movies like Camp Dread that I had a wonderful experience. We did Zombie Killers together. We did uh, Garlic and Gunpowder together. Um, Or Thomas Churchill, I did Big Freaking Rat with him. Um, You know, like, you kind of just are in this pot of of collaborative good friends. That's how Damien and I have known each other since New York, you know, when we both lived on Long Island like 25 years ago. And he called me and said, hey, I'm making this movie, Time's Up. It's a slasher. And what do you think? And I'm like, yeah, I want to you know, work on it. He's like, do you want to produce? Do you want to act? I'm like, I want to do it all. And he's like, all right. So it happens like that. It's just that I, I try to live my, my personal life and my professional life in a very natural flow. Like yeah. whatever happens, I kind of love to just go with it and, um, and just do things that are happy. Right. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's 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 something that we are a big promotion with. Like whatever we get involved in, we just dive right in. Like whatever movie, like whenever yeah. he's moved doing the movie, I just feel like, what can I do? What do you want me to do? What can I do? Can I jump into it? Do you want yeah, me to do Tony sound? and Naked Campbell Cameron. He acted, um, did Slate. Like he did like everything. Yeah. I mean, we had a thirty-five hundred dollar budget, so it was like. So yeah. I had to do everything. No. So we just everybody <laughs> just kind of pitches in and and does this and yeah. that and. Uh, you know, it's fun. Yeah, it's like, a, it's yeah, a good that's time. how I feel. Like, yeah. I showed up on the set of Time's Up. The first thing I did was I went to 7 Eleven and got crafty stuff. And, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm moving lights. And, I mean, right. that's the beauty of independent filmmaking. And I do believe, especially if I want to be a producer, my, my whole mindset was know every, you know, Every area, yes. every aspect. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I did. I've done hair and makeup. I've done special effects. I've done. I've been a grip. I've been, you know, um, a location scout. I, right. Whatever is needed, slate. I'm. I want to do. Yeah. You know. 
Oh, yeah. Because we eat, sleep, and breathe it. It's in our blood. If you really love this, it's you passion. really love it. Oh, it's yeah. Like, my kids don't like it. Oh. I, I, I was fortunate enough to produce Slayer, the metal band, their last three videos off their Repentless album. Oh, wow. awesome. And Sean's a huge Slayer fan. I, I mean, like, what's that? I said Sean is a huge Slayer fan, like the biggest Slayer fan. Like, I think oh he's seen gosh. him at concert like 15 times or something. And he's traveled yeah, to see him. him. Yeah, yeah. To watch the videos. That's they're, great. Um, wow. They're wild. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a trilogy. The Killogy. The Slayer. You know. The Killogy. Um, I like that. I like that. It's, it, it was so fun. They were like movies. That, that's, yeah, that's how cool. I really got the job to produce them because I said, let's make a horror movie. Oh, yeah. And I'll bring in all my friends like Tyler Maine and Danny Trejo and Derek Mears, Vernon Wells, Sean Whalen. Like all my friends came out and, right. and we made these movies. And Bill Mosley and Caroline Williams play the parents in the second one. And I'm like, I need kids. And I, <laughs> I pulled my two little girls at the time. They were like, I don't know, seven and nine. And I'm like, come on, you have to be in this. You have to scream and get bloody. But you'll thank me because Danny Trejo is going to kill you. And they were like, okay. And now, and now like, they're older and they're like, Mom, I just saw Danny Trejo in – you know, this TV series or that commercial. He's I everywhere. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Danny I'm Trejo. Like, I told you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's why both my kids are, one's 25 and the other one's going to be 19 next month. And one of them wow. is, they're both actually decent actors. My youngest is a really good actor, but he's just not interested. Um, yeah. But they're both, you know, big horror fans and, uh, you know, I've inter I used to introduce them to horror at a very young age, probably a little too young. But um, and it's funny because when I was making a movie called The Housewife Slasher, and that's the best time we had ever. we had a nude a nude scene, and my son was like 12 years old at the time, and he was always helping on our movies, moving lights and whatever. And so, you know, I'm directing, I'm in the flow, and you know, not realizing that he not realizing that he's like in the room and I'm driving him home. I drop him off and I'm driving back home and I'm like, that might be the first live naked woman that he's ever seen. Like, does that make me a bad dad? No. <laughs> and there's like, everybody's like, no, you're an awesome dad, you know? So I don't think it scarred him. He's a really good kid and he just graduated you're college. You're exceptional. So. You know, I had a conversation with my 16 year old daughter yesterday. She was like, you know, wanted to do something. And she's like, but every, you know, and everybody's doing that, I, which is a term that I, I, I don't particularly like right. because it's, you should, I always think you should think outside the box and do what makes your heart feel good and follow you. your own path and yeah. flow. And, right. I, and I was telling her that, look, you, your life has been different. You know, of course. she doesn't, my husband's a musician, I'm an actress and we never had like a conventional nine to five. I come home in a bikini bloody and he's <laughs> off the tour, like hasn't slept in a month. And um, I believe like what you have shown your child is live with an open heart, live passionately, follow right. your dreams. And that's a beautiful thing for any person, I think, to right. hear or see or understand when they're young and impressionable. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just, as long as you're happy and you're not hurting anyone, enjoy life and yeah, yeah. um i've always I been like that great. just let them yeah um you know i give them advice and guidance but they ultimately make their own path and 
you know, my son went to college and he went, you know, I never pushed religious beliefs on him and he went to church by I'm himself and, you know, went through communion and confirmation and all that stuff by himself. Like I went there and supported him, but wow. I never like told him, Hey, you need to do this. It was all on his own. And then my other son is the same way. Like, I, you know, I tell him advice and, and he's one of those kids that needs to see it and figure it out on his own. And he just figured out, hey, this is what I want to do for a job after yeah. being graduated for a year. And I'm like, that's amazing. Cool, do it, man. I, do it. I you know? was saying, like, you know, they, um, it's funny. I was doing my uh, communion and confirmation around sleepaway camp. Oh, boy. <laughs> I was in school. The nuns were like, what are you doing? <laughs> What's happening? Yeah, I um, just I just stabbed someone today. I'm, I'm, like, I'm sorry, what? Out. Hi, Mr. Marie. I just got back from, uh, you know. Yeah. Um, but, but the truth is, I do believe kids find their own. I never push anything. I help navigate. I sure. threw um, ideas out there. I try to be very open and understanding, um, especially teenagers yeah you know they have a lot of questions a lot of wants a lot of needs even more so than when they're babies yeah right right for sure it's challenging now oh it's so oh, challenging yeah. oh yeah it, it, the world well, the world has evolved from like I said when we were teens like it like it's totally different like what they're gonna get exposed to today they could just look on their phone and see right. like everything yeah like someone getting killed and like locally like like they don't the the, the 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 quickness of media and how they find out things just and learn information things. In yeah general. it's just yeah exactly. it's funny because i tell my kids i'm like you know when we were when i was a kid if we didn't know the answer to something we just walked around not knowing the answer <laughs> or we had to go find yeah. an encyclopedia and look it up or a dictionary yeah and now i mean you can now, i'm like everybody should be a, a genius a, we didn't have a camera following us and we didn't right. have yeah spotlight in a social setting sure, where yeah. all friends i mean my girls were like oh we're at the mall and so is blah blah blah, blah. i'm like wait what oh yeah everybody has everyone's location yeah. it's yeah. like that's crazy wow i don't know that i could have survived as a young person i was very insecure yeah. young yeah. teenager oh, yeah. and i think that would have just really it's funny because I look back and I'm like, how the hell did we survive? <laughs> like, yeah, back in the Matt, day when you were back in the day I when you were going somewhere, it was like, all right, I need directions to your house, and you'd have to write the directions, and then you'd you get lost. Or, or if you had a, a I'm really a map. like aging myself out of dime, and I would put it in the yeah. phone, got dropped off at the roller rink, <laughs> and that was your life. Right, you it know? was. Hi, mom. No I'm ready did. to get picked up. Hi, yeah. mom. Like, like literally, so like right. Now. Like it's yeah, it was definitely crazy. Like the pay, pay phones, like people don't they don't know what a payphone is. These these kids, yeah. they're, they're, like every once in a while you'll yeah. see some see some around. Like but, an artifact. Yeah. Like, what is that? Oh, and they take a picture of it with their with their iPhone. Like like yeah. <laughs> I'm like what is it's that, crazy. Dad? That's what it's we used to call crazy. a payphone, son. Crazy. <laughs> Aww. Crazy. You guys are awesome. The information technology nowadays has just been like. Like I don't have any kids now, but I can't imagine what if I do and I te as teens, like I could not imagine that how quickly they're gonna get information. They're gonna know more than me at like seven. Like that's why I tell my kid, I'm like everybody should be a genius because yeah. you can find the answer to anything in five seconds. Yeah. But they spend their time, you know, watching people fall down on YouTube and, and TikTok. Just like, oh my god. <laughs> or eating really fast. Yeah. <laughs> like some of the craziest stuff. Oh yeah. <laughs> 
you open your presents? Why are you watching somebody else open their presents? Yeah, I know. Like, they got kids now that they open toys and play with the toy, and they get, like, 10 million v- views, and these kids are making, like, $100,000 yeah. a year opening toys. Like, it's just, it blows my mind. Like, and unboxing I can't get videos. anybody to watch my movie trailer, but some kid right, can, right. Yeah. You know, some kid can uh, get 100,000 views opening a toy. Yeah, so. these unboxing videos are, like, are getting so many hits, it's ridiculous. I don't get it. I crazy. don't get it. Like I, I was opening boxes, but we did it with Polaroids. Like we, just, <laughs> my mom took a picture of a Polaroid and then put it down, and then we had like one other picture for the entire day. Like here, they have like Instagram, and they're posting everything and TikToks. Oh man, that's crazy. So, um, with uh, with with the way that social media works now, now, how has it like? changed how you reach your audience how do you get more involved on your social medias to like do you speak with a lot of fans on your social medias i do love my social media um i love i'm a huge instagram person i love instagram and more so because i love the idea of telling your life story through photos i i love pictures um and I love watching other people, you know, and see the excitement they have in their lives. Like, oh, we went to the zoo or we took this trip. And it's good for my family's on the East Coast. So I love that we can interact, you know, um, in that way. I love Twitter. I'm on Facebook a little bit, but that's all I really do. And I do feel like it's a wonderful way to engage and to talk about Tampa Bay Screams is coming up, or I'm, I'm, I'll be in Columbus, Ohio this weekend at the Grandview Theater. I'll be at Houston Film Festival. I'm going through my, so I get to post where I'll be so I can meet up with right. friends and I can, you know, we're doing screenings of Sleepaway Camp all summer at so many different events. So it's just nice to engage that way. I, I do appreciate social media because of that. I think it's difficult on young people just in the scrutinizing how this one looks or dances or, you know, that aspect. But I love it for my friends where we could say, oh, let's meet up here and, oh, you were there. So that's fun. Do you guys ever do sleepaway camp reunions at like a convention where like a lot of cast? Yeah, we do. We do. We have a a couple coming up and I'm super close, like I said, with the cast, uh, Jonathan Tiersten, Kathy Kami, Karen Mm -hmm. Field, John Dunn, Tom Vandell. We're all um, a nice little group, and we we get to That's meet funny. up at the convention. You know what sucks? Though? There's a there's not a lot of sleepaway camp merchandise. Like I'm a big I, I collect like uh, horror toys oh, and I stuff. Terrorthreads.com has all your sleepaway camp apparel. They got t-shirts and stuff. I'm talking like action figures and stuff like that. I like, know. There's not they, many out. But it's funny because so many people have made. Look at these things that I have. Like, oh, those in are my, cool. They've made like oh, the yeah. coolest. I have this figure. Look at me. It's like right here. Just <laughs> oh my god, that's amazing. Isn't that hilarious? Somebody made that for you? Somebody um somebody made a hundred of them and they bring them to convention wow. and someone bought it for me. That's incredible. And gave it to me. Wow. So I have it on my dressing table. That's one of the greatest things little, I've ever seen. It's and and I I appreciate all of it so i do keep it close to me in my um in my room like i said my husband is such a you know a, a lover of sleepaway camp that anytime i come home and i have a new print like a new poster or yeah, a new yeah. um fun little t- toy or what have you right. the, the light switch i they gave some to me he just loves it so 
it's it's really cool. That's awesome. Because I was looking for something because I'm going to be at Tampa Bay Screams and I was going to have you sign something for me, but I can't find any action figures or anything like that. And I'm I'm not a poster person because I have like no room on my walls to hang anything. So this is called clayguy.com. Clayguy. I have to write that. Clayguy.com. So if you know, I, I have nothing to do with it, so it's not like um. Yeah. You know, this is just an incredible artist who created this and I appreciate it so much because anyone who's taking the time and oh, yeah. putting their talent into making something like this, I it does bring me sometimes to tears because I'm overwhelmed by um, how Sleepaway Camp has grown over the years. Oh, yeah. It just art is overjoyed. Yeah, it's cool. Could you imagine like back in nineteen eighty two and nineteen eighty three, could you imagine the fandom that like while making the movie, do you like like how the hell did this movie become so popular? <laughs> do, do, do you ever think that? Like word And I, then I it launched your career. <laughs> Not to get like too sappy on you, I think about it a lot. I mean and I've said a lot of times it's Sleepboy Camp has been the fabric of my life. It gave me a personal uh, life, gave sure. me a professional life. One movie that I filmed at 13 years old, completely yeah. uh, runs my existence, right. and I couldn't be more grateful for it. Honestly, every day I'm like, you know, just thanking my lucky stars for this movie to have come into my and life. It's amazing how it, some movies hit and some don't, and it's like, why? It, it's just such a strange thing. Phenomenon. You just never know what's going to hit. and You never know, nope. like, like Terrifier, or even Hatchet, when Hatchet came out. Or scream, or you know, you never know yeah. why an audience, you know, tends to right. focus on certain films. And I've seen films that I love that have never gotten that any attention. Never gotten and anything. I, you exactly. know, I'm surprised by it. I don't know. I don't. I, yeah, I don't know how. Like, like that people just latch on to certain things. Like yeah. with Scream, it was it was it was brought on because. Like it was, it was uh -huh. bringing back the slasher genre. Like, yeah. like the nineties yes. had no slashers. Like, yeah, I remember Scream. I went to the theater with my buddy, and we were sitting there. And after that opening Drew Barrymore scene, I looked oh. at my friend. I was like, "Holy shit, that we was were in for a ride." Because we hadn't ride. seen anything in <laughs> so long. Because yeah. the horror genre just went away for so long, and then he literally then brought it back with one scene. Not only back, but it was. Bigger than oh, ever. And yeah. Look at, look at our look at the theaters right now. Quiet Place Two, Conjuring. Right. You know, like we take over. That's what I try to yeah. tell people. It's Any horror movie that comes out, number one at the box office that week. Yeah. Or maybe two weeks or three weeks. Um. You know, Ooh. Happy Death Day. Look came at us. Out. We're like, Bam. We're pretty amazing. Exactly. <laughs> we we got are pretty this. amazing. <laughs> we got. This. Give me money so I can make a movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like I I just love how you know our genre is just how it affects people like i like a lot of horror movies are just comedy to me like and then i just look at like how did they do that and i try to figure out how they did that right. like that's that's how i feel a lot of people like like the casual viewer they're they're just in there for ah or just there for a date or whatever they're not like real fans but like for us it's like an art it's an art for us like we want to know how they did it we want to figure out how they did it and like we want to find more about the actors and like we, 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 we like we want to dive deep into it like casual yeah, not do. so much yeah that's yeah. why we love joe bob because he was he was the predecessor to imdb right he knew all of the info when we watched the last drive-in i'm always 
just blown away by the amount of information that mm -hmm. he conveys in one sitting. Right. His commentary is so detailed and wonderful. Every actor, every location, what the writer was thinking, what the story meant, the original thought process. He just brings it all to life. And that's what we, as the, as the creators, as the fans of these movies, that's what we love. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. I get so excited when I see a new movie coming out, like a horror movie. He does. Like I'm so excited. Really like, <laughs> Netflix. Netflix has a, a trilogy called Fear Street, where by R. L. Stein, the guy that did Goosebumps. Yeah. And he's made. He's got a trilogy coming out. Um, for it's an adult movie, um, but it's three movies that they're releasing one a week, and it looks so awesome. I'm so excited for it. It's like I think I'm it's the beginning of July. Too, yeah. I think it's the beginning of July, and it looks so good. Uh, but I get so like excited when a horror movie. When I'm going to the theater to see a horror movie, I get I just get so excited. And when I can take my kids with me, it's just even added, yeah. you know, added excitement. But yeah, um, we try to find different ways to like excite us. Like with with horror movies, like how are they going to scare me? Like what's going to scare me, or what are they going to bring new to the table? Like that's what we we look for. And it's like I said, it's. It, it's just you can't match that feeling right. when the first time you get scared again, like like you think you've seen it all, and then yeah, and then you watch Hereditary, <laughs> and you're just like, oh, <laughs> that movie was yeah. so crazy. We just Shaw walked out of the theater of like, I don't think I could ever watch that movie again because oh, it was so yeah. disturbing and yeah. out there. Like I felt. I hate to say different. that my the film I'm doing, The Events Running of Keeping Tom, has a little Hereditary yeah? thing. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. When's that? When you when are you doing that? We start filming that in August. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. What, what, when's the last time you actually truly got scared watching a movie? Um, I would have to say maybe um, there are two movies that are just clicking in my head right now. Um, Funny Games, the remake of Funny Games oh, yeah. with, um, with Naomi Watts. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just watched that a couple months ago for the probably the third time. It's, and it's pretty that's brutal. It's a pretty brutal movie. I'm a home invasion nut. Yeah. Like I love all the subgenres, but and the strangers in the master shot in the original film when she's in the kitchen. Um, again, nothing like brutal, nothing bloody, right. nothing. But it's the eerie. idea of someone lurking outside yeah. is bone chilling to me. And I think it's because um, a man running after me with a machete or a you know what, whatever it is um, isn't really true to life. But someone in the dark yeah. outside your fucking house sure. yeah, is oh, yeah. true. Right. Oh, yeah. And that to me is the scariest. Is. So those moments in film that are captivated that are more realistic are, I think, like, they just, you know, they scare the shit out of me. I also, I love Eli Roth's Hostel. So mm. that was oh, yeah, I like the Hostel movies, I too. can't watch that torture porn stuff. <laughs> I, I cannot watch. I don't know. I, just, I love it. it. I, I, like, <laughs> I it freaks me out because I like to travel a lot, and like I don't like like putting that stuff in my head. It just drives me nuts. But like I love horror, yeah, like, but like when when I feel like I, I, it's so real because there was actually a documentary about how well actually the director or writer um, wrote it about like almost like true events. Like he based that on true events that he has like part um, read about in those countries. So like I just anything real like that, I'm not. <laughs> no, no. When I was like eight or nine. The dual, for me, it's like the dual component component where it's like real and so yeah. 
incredibly, I mean, the torture in that movie. Yeah. It's like Saw is torture. Yeah. And it's so creative and genius in the way it's yes. woven. Right. Um, but it's not the realistic factor that hostile. That is true. Yeah. And you could. It could happen. Wind and up in a basement tied up for. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Does. Like specifically with Saw, like um, you generally, I personally, I generally don't care who died. I just like to watch how they died. There's no like build up in their story, but I think that movie should have been, or the Saw series should have been more about like of Jigsaw should have been more of like a movie about him and how he's putting these together, like not just flashbacks and not like I think the movie should primarily have been about him, like you know coming through his yeah. cancer and doing that. Okay, well I'm gonna teach people a lesson. Like that should have been the movie, not the whole cop side of the story. I think it should have been how it, it was his triumph story. Are you story. saying that you should have made Saw different? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Dude, that it. movie was You're brilliant. Moving. No, I, no. I, well, you know, a lot of people don't. Like I said, this guy's dead in the middle of the floor the whole movie. Yeah. Like, just gets up and walks out. You're kind of like, mind is blown. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, with that, yeah. I mean, that one you can't really change. But I'm saying the, the story behind the rest of them, like, like, it should have been more about Jake Saul's, like, where he came up, not just the beginning. The first one's yeah. brilliant. The first one's brilliant. But then it should have been, the story should have been about him and not, like, the cops and investigating. I think it should have been, like, yeah. how he's hunting these people, how he's researching these people, like, how he's, like, and then it should have been more, like, he's the hero of the story, not the, like, he's the. I think, uh, I think me and Felissa are going to go ahead and disagree. <laughs> <laughs> And we're like, tell us. No, no. Actually, one of, the, one of the movies when I was a kid, I was like, had to have been like eight, eight or nine years old. I watched um, Black Christmas with my dad. Oh, I have the poster right That here. movie scared the <laughs> living shit out of me for like a year. I couldn't like sleep properly because I was so scared. And then over the years, I've watched it God, millions of times. And it, it's another movie that doesn't really get. The recognition the love, of yeah. Halloween and Friday the 13th and all that. I, I agree with that. I also Actually, the remake like, was okay. Um, the remake the, was, the I mean, one. And then the last the one they remake, just did yeah. was a piece of shit. Like, I hated that movie so bad. Did you see the new one? Uh, what? Uh, uh, the new uh, Black, Black Christmas? Christmas? Yeah. Yeah. It came out last year. I was I so like, uh, mad. People, I used to say I wasn't a fan of remakes. And then somebody said something really interesting to me, like, but think about it. It sort of puts the spotlight on the old, on the yeah, company original right, right. for a new generation. For I thought, sure. well, that's a really wonderful way to look at it. Right. And if it sort of brings back the older films, let's do it. Right. You know? Yeah, like um, the 1974 version, I like that you don't even know who the hell that person is. Like, he's just some mystery. Like, really, all you see of him is an eyeball. Like, you don't see anything yeah. else of him. And they really don't Creepy. give you a backstory or anything. It's just some guy in a sorority house. Being weird and killing so, all the girls. Yeah. <laughs> and then the second one, they kind of, you know, developed the villain's character and stuff, which I didn't mind. Um, I thought it was okay. Uh, but the original is like, it's so good to me. Like, it's one of my top five. It is. It's movies. one of it's. It's a staple in my house. Mm -hmm. Like the burning. It's yeah, always yeah, on. Yeah, <laughs> I've always been a fan of the the Halloween series. Like, well, the Halloween one. Oh, that's Halloween one. one. Yeah. yeah. My husband's obsessed. With Halloween, yeah, um, and um, well, and Friday the Thirteenth, but Halloween in particular, he's in love. Jamie Lee Curtis was the first love. Oh, of course, that's all of our. I'm the second. I'm the <laughs> second. So I get to her. Are you a close second? I saw her. The sleepaway camp chick had to do. 
That's funny. I understand. I understand. That's incredible. <laughs> oh. I'm thrilled to be in any kind of company like that. I'm yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Sure. Scream queen. I love her, too. Let's try to meet her. Yeah. yeah. My favorite's Halloween, the original. Yeah. And original. I think as a series, I think the Friday the 13th is my favorite yeah. series yeah. franchise. Um, but I hear Halloween Kills is supposed to be freaking brutal and violent yeah. and, like, pretty crazy. So um, I enjoyed the, the last one. I thought it was pretty uh, good. Uh, Chris, and yeah. I, Chris and I disagree on this. But during the Halloween series, what, which one do you – is your favorite favorite and which one's the worst in your opinion in Halloween? Say, oh, I can't say that. I mean, I always love the original. I'll yeah. leave it yes. at that. But okay. I know I know how people feel about Season of the Witch and you know. Uh, no, season of the Witch is a great we, we, movie. We we actually like that movie. Like Season of the Witch, we love, like that. I love it. As a standalone, it's it. it's great. As a standalone I movie, love it. Right. I have too many friends and all the other you know. Yeah, circle. Well, you, no, you're right. But there's a whole like there's so many groups that are that really love that movie. Like it's it's one of those another cult classics it. that it's it. a great I, movie because. That was the original thought be- process behind the when Carpenter and the, they really wanted to do like j- like a, just a series of yeah. movies that took place on Halloween. Yeah, the, it was yeah. never supposed to be just and, about uh, Michael Myers. It was supposed to be Michael Myers right. and then something else in Halloween right. too, like someone else and some it's other. Called it's Halloween. Funny. It's not called. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's funny because I went with my buddies and I was so excited. Halloween three. I'm a big Michael Myers fan, and we get to the theater and we're watching the movie. And I'm like. Where's Michael Myers at? I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> Wait, and, he was in the movie. He and was in the I kind of was upset about it. But then, like, down the road, I realized that that's a really, really good movie. Yeah. And, um, very smart. Very creepy. Yeah. And, Great yeah. filmmaker. I think that song was in my head for, like, ever. Oh, my God. Ever. Oh, my <laughs> Silver God. Shamrock. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, um, it's a great movie. Oh. Okay. With Friday the 13th, but we were talking about that, too. We have favorites and we have not so much favorites. I love the Kane Hodder. I love like I love Stephen all the Graham. Yes. Yes. Now, how do you feel about that remake? Um, again, you know, I feel like anything that sort of continues the installments and the the love yeah. of these movies that we have, I I'm all for it. Yeah. I want to continue the legacy i want to continue to be excited like you said get my popcorn and go sit down like the teenager that i was when i was watching these movies and relive and that's about the movies they're sentimental yes right where we went to sleepovers and we watched texas chainsaw massacre right we watched nightmare on elm street so that's what we're also reliving that innocent time that remembrance of my friends getting together and getting candy yeah. and going to Blockbuster. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. funny. It just like occurred to me, like, you know, people our age, it's nostalgic for us to re- to see the remakes. And for the younger people, it's introductory. Like they're being yeah. introduced to Jason where, you know, they probably didn't know who the hell that was. Um, you sure. know, and Freddy Krueger and, and all the icons. Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't mind the remakes, um, but I do like the fresh stuff that comes out also. Um, oh, yeah. Let's have it all. Yeah. Let's and people get all. get all mad. You know, oh, God, they're remaking this, and they get all mad. But I'm like, you're going to go see it. You know you're going to go see right. it. So why are you right. so mad about right. it? <laughs> you know, just go watch it and enjoy it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, on that note, I want to thank oh. everyone for joining us on Killer Collab thank Podcast. You. My name is Tony Deaf in Florida, Tony D, and Chris Leto behind me. And today we were joined with Felissa Rose. Felissa Rose, ladies and gentlemen. We want to thank you. Now, do you have anything you want to shout out? I knew you said you had a podcast, a movie coming yeah, out soon. or check it out on all the platforms like iTunes and Spotify. Um, anything that's going on in terms of like conventions or new films coming out, um, I put all over Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. And I just want to say I'm really grateful for anyone who loves these independent horror movies. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I hope to meet you at a convention. Yeah, for sure. Awesome, awesome. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, once again, Killer Collab Podcast. Have a wonderful day.